Welcome to Enabling Digital, the Christmas Plus podcast series. Today, I'm happy to welcome Henrik Lund, a veteran in the transportation and logistics space and a true believer in technology and why digital transformation is the need of the hour in this space. Henrik, welcome. And if you don't mind, if you could take about 30 seconds for our listeners to give a little bit of your background, a brief interruption, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Alpan. Uh, thanks very much. And uh, yeah, just a quick... Uh, uh, background introduction to myself. Um, I'm, uh, I'm based in Switzerland, first of all. Uh, I'm Danish uh, of birth um, and upbringing, and I come from a uh, background in the global uh, freight forwarding and logistics industry over the yeah, past several decades, uh, having worked uh, sort of a third of my career in, in, uh, in Europe, in, in the US, uh, and in Asia, Hong Kong, and Singapore. Um, I worked for some uh, very large, uh, or some of the largest organizations, and also some very large mid-sized organizations. So I've sort of been, been through, yeah, all the, let's say, the, the uh, developments that has happened over the last 30 plus years in, in the industry. And of course, um, when I decided to, uh, to join uh, CloudX, that is, um, about three and a half years ago, um, it was with a with a heavy uh, uh, passion for, you know, progressing really progressing the technology uh, within uh, within the uh, forwarding organization. So that's a just a little bit background of myself. Um, uh, what would my role be in in CloudX? So you know, I'm a partner, and uh, primarily, you know, my core uh, let's say focus is really the commercial side of the business, uh, really uh, dealing and speaking uh, with uh, with the customers. Um, helping uh, try to map out some of their needs, um, uh, both on the technology side, uh, coupling that with, with uh, not only mine, but many of our colleagues in, in CloudX and, and, and of course System Plus Group with, with our knowledge, uh, deep knowledge in, uh, in the industry. That's fantastic. So actually I want to dive right in. I have a lot of questions, right? But my first yeah. and most important question is, why do you feel that the transportation logistics space is well behind the curve when it comes to digital transformation, many other industries. I think I think that um, well, I know <laughs> from experience, and I think it's pretty well known. I mean, you can just open the papers uh, and and all the media. Um, I think the industry, if you go way back to the, you know, the nineties, even um, have have underinvested uh, into into technology, mm-hmm. and uh, many many uh, forwarders, if not all, back you know twenty plus years ago. Many have uh, had, you know, developed their own systems. Some of them had roots back to the '80s. Um, I think the other thing that's important to understand, also in general, with with the uh, with the uh, global uh, logistics industry, it's it's a it's a fairly low margin uh, business when you look at the you know right. say the EBIT return. So right. you could argue. I mean, certainly somebody could defend themselves to say the money was simply not there. I still believe that it's a question of whatever money you have to invest forward. You, you take the right decisions and, and invest into to the right type of, uh, of technology. So I think, think the industry has just really been, you know, uh, behind for so many years. Um, and I think it's really o- only over the last uh, decade that, uh, that this has really come into high focus. Um, I think many boardrooms have, you know, m- many executive boards back years have not even had the CIO on the board. Um, so I think I think there's been a, a realization over the last I would say at least ten years, also with the emergence really of of the cloud, 
<clears throat> that this this has to be in high focus, and and there's a lot of different reasons why it has to be in high focus. So then, let me ask you this: Is that how how do you feel cloud and cloud-based technologies are currently disrupting the traditional model? Well, I think I think that um, I think I mean what we say to our customers is you you don't just move to the cloud necessarily to save money. I think that the 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 first phase of of let's say creating a cloud strategy and, and start making a let's say a hybrid strategy and moving to the cloud certain applications to the cloud um i think you, you should do it because again to answer your question you can develop faster in the cloud uh, and you can create much more seamless solutions uh when you embark on your let's say your true digital transformation uh, and i think that's the key okay um I agree, but now a board member or a CEO might argue that, well, things are working. They're working fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no major problems. We're getting uh, whatever we need, et cetera. So why change? Um, I so think how do you that? I, I, I would uh, do a little bit research um, and to this particular board, uh, I would go out and, and benchmark a little bit against maybe four or five of their competitors. And I would, you know, try to do some very quick uh, walkthrough of the, you know, top down on their, on their PNL to show, you know, they probably have around the same gross margins. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get down to operating expenses, I think that's really where the battle stands in terms of pure financial uh, performance. So I think, to a board like that, I would first of all say, I think you should understand a little bit better what, what the digital transformation is and what the cloud is and offers, because a lot of them don't really have knowledge about it. Um, some might even shy away from it. Um, and then I would, I would argue that, you know, let's take three or four or five competitors that simply are outperforming them on, on, let's say, converting GP to EBIT. Um, so really operating more efficiently. And let's just use it as a as an example that you know the customer we're speaking to who has doubts, you know they have an EBIT maybe of two and a half percent, and some of their larger competitors maybe have an EBIT of four and a half percent. You know I think that would you know if I was on the board that would worry me, and I would ask why is that? Um, and I think there you then have to try to help them to 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 organize their priorities in terms of you know where is it that we can operate more efficiently, and and where can we take cost out. Actually, I'm, um, yeah. I'm really glad you gave that answer because honestly, most of uh, most people who are technologists first think to convince on the technology and you take an approach of helping them understand from a business aspect and how uh, how you can impact the GP versus the EBIT. And I think that's, yeah. that's really important because a lot of time what happens is a technologist get lost in technology and often yeah. even the business side gets lost in numbers. And that yep. convergence is very important. And I think you bring that to the table. Yeah. So I think, yes, yeah, so that would be my answer. Thank you, uh, Savan, because I think, um, you know, and then maybe that's going a little bit uh, off, off uh, not track, but off the question is also that, you know, there's a lot of articles out. Uh, McKenzie had written some really good ones in Boston Consulting on, you know, is there enough knowledge in the boardroom? Um, and in, in particular, even in the executive boardroom, uh, is there enough knowledge and understanding, you know, the whys, right? Uh, you know, IT and, and technology shouldn't just be, use, be viewed as, a, as an expense in the budget. Uh, you have to look at, you know, you know if, we do, 
if we follow this path that we're being recommended, uh, what would the return be, right? And what are the timelines look like? So I think, and I think that's, it's changing for sure. I mean, you know, uh, many companies, I mean, many people ask me, you say, what, what's the difference between a CIO and a CTO or a CIS, um, chief digital officer? And I think 10 years ago, people were rolling their eyes if, if there was this split, right? But I think, you know, the answer to me is a CIO is, is very much focusing on infrastructure, whereas a, um, a CDO or CTO is, is, is focusing on the future and, and on, uh, let's say, on creating um, solutions uh, from a technology standpoint in, in, in trying to create seamless solutions to, to their customers. One, better customer experience, and two, obviously, being able to service the customer both more effectively and, and also uh, at less cost. No, fantastic. And so you, I'm sure you have seen enough uh, companies in this space who have embraced technology, right? Yeah. What are the key uh, differences? And, and now, and as you said, in the last 10 years, a lot of companies have started recognizing it. There are some uh, new players who are more or less uh, full tech-based platforms, et cetera, right? Yeah. What are the big differences that you've seen over the traditional models that the, uh, that the older companies uh, still use, right? Uh, or are starting to change versus these new tech-based, tech-savvy companies, what are the big, big differences that you're seeing? And therefore, what are the big wins do you see them winning, uh, them, them getting in the industry? You mean the, let's say, the, the, you know, the digital forwarders or the virtual forwarders? Yeah, I mean, that, that's an example. Or also there are companies uh, like, you know, even the freight forwarders who invest heavily into technology and have made uh, simple things like the customer experience much better and therefore customer acquisition becomes easier uh, versus, you know, things things of that nature, whereas yeah. certain companies still focus on the paper and pen route, right? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so I think I think if you take the traditional forwarder uh, and, and, and if, you, if you look at some of these organizations that, you know, already, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 years ago realized that, you know, they, they need to change and they need, you know, it, it started with, you know, you, you had a, you know, you had a quotation tool uh, for the customer that they could, you know, request the price, uh, multiple lanes, and they could get an immediate quote based on, on you know, the rate uh, database that, that had been put together. And then you, you developed, a, let's say, the next step would then be the customer could actually book it uh, sort of right away. They could accept the quotation and book it. And then, you know, it goes, it goes well beyond that. And I think, you know, there, there is there are a number of companies, in particular, some of the big ones that, that actually have been very successful already quite some time ago in developing, you know, front-end solutions uh, to the customer that makes it easier to do business, uh, that, that, you know, captures potentially much more business and revenue because, you know, the customer likes the fact that they can, they don't need to pick up the phone or send an email. They can just go in and, and do a quick, quick request and then they can take a decision. Um, I think the ones that, you know, were early movers to the cloud also, you know, obviously have a, let's say an advantage because they've been developing in the cloud. I think um, first companies, and I, this is not that many years ago, four or five years ago, you know, speaking to customers who were fully on-prem with their own data centers in, you know, in multiple locations, uh, you know, they were, they were very skeptical about the cloud. What about security? We don't want our data sitting up in the cloud. We don't know where it sits. We don't know yeah, who can yeah. see it, right? So, so I think that, you know, obviously, um, I think, you know, to me in particular, AWS that, that we deal very, very uh, uh, much with, 
you know, I think that hurdle has been overcome, right? Because the amount of resources they have to invest, uh, both in terms of, you know, skilled people uh, and, 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 and also finance uh, investments, uh, developing all these, you know, very stringent security protocols and, and, and all different types of, of uh, let's say, safeguards to an extent where you could argue a customer couldn't do that uh, themselves because they simply wouldn't have the, the resources and, and, and potentially not have the, let's say, the ongoing latest uh, knowledge. So I think that that's the first hurdle. And then I think it's to really understand what the cloud can do. And, and I think what we've done a lot is done, we call them strategic uh, reviews, where we sit down with the customer in, uh, through a number of, 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 let's say, focused workshops that can be done uh, in, in the room, uh, could be done on, on, uh, on, you know, on, uh, on video conference, and try to understand the whole landscape and the whole ecosystem, and then help them really develop a strategy and a roadmap on, on how they should build the, let's say, how should they build the path going forward? How, how, does the, how does the priorities look like? That's their decision, of course. We can help them with that. And, and, and how does it all sort of dovetail together in, in, in parallel when, when you start developing? And I think that's where the advances in the cloud is. Clearly, that in particular, if you go cloud native, uh, that that you can develop a lot faster based based on constant latest uh, technology as opposed to um, old technology. <clears throat> right. So I want to you know while you're doing these workshops, for example, as you mentioned, do you often get into the discussions about the customer's customer? So you know, in, in a sense, if you can convince your customer that their customer. Is going to have a much better experience by placing an order. You know, as, as you alluded to, now I can just go online and track my whether there's an order or shipment or payment or whatever the case yeah. may be. Simple things like that, right? How 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 do you tie that in? Because in the end, uh, you know, it's really customer is king, right? So yeah, how do you sort of I think it, how do you convince them? Yeah, no, it's a great question, uh, Sapan, because this is very important. I mean, because you have to have let's say the the end in mind right and i think our customer is the forwarder their customer is a an exporter an importer and you can even take it one step further which i think is important because you know the customer has a customer um and exactly. what is the what is the what is the impact uh, all the way along you know the supply chain so to speak right to the to the end uh, buyer i mean uh, the person who buys a new suit or a new shirt or a new TV or whatever it may be on iPhone, you know, that, that, that has to be visible to the customer. And I think it also, I mean, it goes back to talking a little bit about the boardroom. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's easier to, to tool up, um, you know, the, let's say the CIO or, um, you know, the, the, the CDO, it's easier to tool them up to present their case for budget uh, and investment when, when it's more clear on what is the what is the impact and what is the, yeah, I mean, they would ask, what's the return? What's in it for us? Mm -hmm. um, it, it always becomes difficult to, to sort of quantify customer experience, right? But, but, you know, a happy customer versus a not so happy customer should have a positive effect over time for sure. Um, so, so no, so I think uh, I think that that's one of the things that that we do, um, and as a starting point, and that generally, uh, well, it always seems to be quite successful. Uh, customers are happy with the output, and it generally leads into uh, identifying one or two 
projects that we then engage with them on to to really help them and and also provide uh, support resources development uh, capabilities and so on right so one thing i've noticed in this uh specific industry space is that um and then and while i acknowledge that uh, uh domain knowledge uh or industry experience is extremely important uh in in when they're doing embarking on some kind of a digital transformation journey with any customer but yeah. I, I feel that in this space it's even more important because a lot of the stuff is happens behind the scenes it's stuff that you don't see and and therefore you know it's not something that's so easy to recognize for example right if i'm working with a retailer i can imagine how my uh cloth gets to the you know to the, the tailor and from tailor sent it to this thing and then eventually how it comes to me or how i order it i can imagine that because i wear something like that every day yeah. on the great side all that stuff is the stuff that happens behind the scenes i don't see it i don't whatever once in a while i may see a big ship whatever and, and that's it right so uh, you know uh, it's, it's just it doesn't seem as intuitive so i i presume that in this area so sorry uh, you know to to get to the question i presume that that the industry experience in this area is probably extremely important i, I don't want to downplay in any other industry but here i, I think i think it, it probably becomes a little bit of like table stakes don't you think yeah well i i i if i understand the question correctly i mean i i i i think i mean the fact that we you know we do um we do differentiate ourselves, um, I think, quite a fair bit from from other companies, uh, other uh, technology consultants, and, and 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 so on, where we we, we have a very strong uh, background from the uh, supply chain industry, uh, having uh, many of us worked for many years for for very large organizations in, in the logistics space mm -hmm. uh, around the world. So we have a we have a a very uh, deep knowledge in how the supply chain actually operates and how it functions. We also understand all the constraints. We understand uh, the the uh, you know all the different challenges and the bottlenecks and so on, which which allows us to 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 understand the the customers uh, you know business in general much better. We don't just approach it from a pure technology uh, uh, let's say perspective, right? We understand that they. That they have, you know, they're dealing with a globe. You know, they deal with a global flow of goods, uh, basically right. from from cradle to grave, right? And okay. uh, they're dealing with regulations. They're dealing with uh, multiple vendors, of course, shipping lines, airlines, you know, road feeder services, uh, warehouses, cross stocks. The list goes on. They're dealing with different customs regulations. So all these things make a business shipping from A to B that seems quite simple. Actually, it makes it quite complex. Um, and it also makes it very labor intense. And this goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, in, in a brutal way, say, taking cost out. The last way a company generally uh, would like to take cost out is just to let go of people, right? Sometimes, unfortunately, they have to, but, but rather looking at how, how can we take cost out and actually embracing and, and, and using the technology and, and, and the different tools that are available in the cloud. And I think those who are uh, embracing that and those who are really investing into that will be definitely ahead of the game uh, as the years uh, progress, uh, years to come. Um, and it shows. I mean, you could see they grow faster and you can see their financial performance is better uh, because, because a, a traditional uh, global uh, network forwarder still is very labor intensive. Um, right. 
uh, there's a lot of uh, manual processes. There's a lot of data entry happening, and and uh, there's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot. I mean, that in, in a sense, there's also a lot of waste, right? Because right, you know, you 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 can't have a staff at least. I don't think so. That can sit for let's say seven or eight hours a day and just be fully productive. You know, doing data entry. I mean, there's a limit to. I think. I think even from a human perspective, how much people can take, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So you alluded to the future. So let me ask you about the future. Um, do, are you seeing certain trends uh, in the industry and how technology can help uh, sort of? Um, you know, uh, achieve the goals that companies might have, et cetera. And, and what are you seeing in terms of the yeah. future of technology in this space? I, 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 we see a lot of things. Um, I think, first of all, um, uh, this is very specific, but it's at the core of how a free for water actually transacts their business. And again, like I mentioned earlier, the transport management system, TMS, which is sort of an ERP, mm-hmm. uh, um, Freight for Waters had many of them developed their own. Uh, there were there were some uh, systems available in the market. Um, many have tried to develop themselves again. About ten years ago, there's a very large German-based forwarder that had to abandon that project, which was quite a a big uh, a big write-off. But but yeah. uh, but but the emergence of uh, WiseTech and Cargo Wise One, which is uh, um, a listed company in Australia. Which has been around for over thirty years. Uh, so, so WiseTech and their CargoWise One uh, TMS and their whole platform—they've really developed uh, over the past, uh, I would say, well, many years. Um, but, but sort of, in my view, um, you know, accelerated their onboarding of, of new customers about you know a good ten years ago. Um, and today, uh, really, is quite dominant in the industry. They're not the only ones. There are other ones in the U.S., Canada, and there are some in Europe and and elsewhere. But but I think the fact that I think a lot of forwarders have moved on to you know a single uh, single TMS platform, and it's not just of course this particular uh, uh, company I mentioned, but 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 they're starting to look at saying it's almost like in the old days when you bought an IBM or Lenovo and said Intel inside. Um, it's almost to say, look, let, let's just get that uh, very very proven robust uh, core operating system rolled out uh, and let's do it as fast as we can and let's start building around it first of all these systems are developing and expanding in their capabilities themselves and then you can start really building around it uh, all the different let's say solutions that you want to sort of plug in and bolt on uh, and um, and that that's been the trend um, we actually were the first uh, um, some I think about two and a half years ago who actually uh, did a POC for an existing customer, uh, proving that one of these TMS systems, which um, they had intended to host themselves, uh, could actually uh, operate more efficiently in the cloud. And, and it was very successful. And this uh, cool. system, pardon? I said, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, and again, because, uh, you know, uh, on-prem versus cloud, I mean, should it be 100% on-prem? Should it be 100% cloud? You know, there's always a hybrid solution. Uh, where you still can operate some uh, maybe very critical uh, applications that you feel you want to have in a in a number of uh, own data centers, or, and then you 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 have a hybrid uh, with the cloud. And I think you know it also. I mean, it it really you know if we talk about challenges for companies facing when when transition to the cloud, um, you know, I think I think one is actually knowledge because 
uh, certainly many customers we've spoken to who are in the early stages of, of exploring, you know, what they can do in terms of, a, um, uh, you know, really on a transition to the cloud. I mean, they lack the internal knowledge in, in their people. And this is also right. something we've been helping with a lot and, and ongoing where we actually provide support and, 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 and advice and, and even people coming in to, let's say, for a period of six, nine or 12 months or even beyond that, really, you know, uh, helping, you know, build the knowledge uh, within uh, within the customer's own uh, teams. Uh, absolutely. So before we sort of wrap up, I actually am want to ask you this uh, question. I'm actually very keen to get your perspective uh, is that what advice, right, would you give uh, to uh, global logistics companies, even, you know, smaller logistics companies, et cetera, are looking to embark on their digital transformation journey, uh, you know, what advice would you give in terms of how should they think about it, uh, what approach they should take, et cetera. And I know you touched on this, you know, throughout our conversation in different ways, but in a sense, if some, somebody's going to say, okay, I know I need to get there, right? I need help. So, you know, I think you summarize, you know, in your own words, what advice would you give them? I think, I think first I would uh, tell them Find the right partner, um, and I obviously would like to say that I think they should choose us. And if you then ask me why, so we we are not the biggest uh, in the world, uh, but uh, we we have uh, significant resources uh, in in our company to to scale up and, and support, and we have a significant deep knowledge ongoing um, in terms of uh, accredited uh, and certified. Uh, People in terms of uh, cloud, uh, you know, it keeps expanding, and, and it's something we're very religious about that, that our people are, are really, really up to date with the latest knowledge and so on. I think I think uh, we're, we're very agile, and now I'm obviously selling us, but but uh, nevertheless, but but really find the right partner. And I think um, they think they should also bury. I wouldn't say bury their pride, but but don't be don't be defensive. You know, share and open right. up so that we can get you know a better view. On where we think you need to, which which buttons do you need to push? You know, can we help you with your prioritization? Uh, and I think also uh, uh, companies should be honest and assess their internal resources um, to understand if if there are people who needs to actually go and get trained, or they need to get help, or we need to hire, you know, some 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 key people in. I think I think it's it's really about. You know, trying to to say the way we've done things the last you know twenty years. Um, yeah. That might not be the way we should do it the next twenty years or even yeah. the next three years, right? Yeah. And and that I can tell you, Sapan. I mean that 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 is a big uh, that's a big thing that they that that needs to be be looked at. I've also seen uh, customers where you know you know um, you you might need to make some changes to get things uh, actually moving in the right direction, right? So, but I think I think find the right partner. That that's the short answer. Um, and the right partner is not necessarily the biggest uh, company out there. Um, I think the right partner is somebody who really also fits with, with the culture and also has the knowledge. And it goes back to what I've said several times that, that we understand the business. We have, we have managed uh, in, in different aspects of the business, me more on the operational and the product and the sales and key account management sites at scale and, and, and others in the company like, uh, like Nicholas uh, Palmquist, our CEO. 
uh, and co-founder, right, has, has uh, 25 years uh, experience from the uh, transportation industry, having built some, some very, very large um, ERP systems and, 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 and really led the way in, 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 yeah, in many forward-looking uh, um, uh, solutions. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, Henrik, I want to thank you so much for your time. And I want to thank our listeners uh, and do tune in next time for another session of Enabling Digital Resistance Plus podcast series. And with that, signing off. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks very much.